and welcome to Dot to Dot, the podcast that connects the dots on how to be you with me, Fiona Merton, psychologist and author. Today I am joined by Hannah Roberts, who is someone I've known virtually for a while, but met in person for the first time recently, which was fantastic because I've always felt a connection with you, Hannah. And it was just really lovely to sit and chat in person. There's just something different about it, isn't there? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of uh, meeting people in person. Um, as probably my friends and family will tell you, I'm sometimes a little bit not not great at uh, texting, but I, I love meeting up with people, and I always will take that option over uh, the internet any uh, any time possible. Because that's not always possible. Yeah, and and I guess on the positive is I wouldn't have met you if it wasn't. For the internet, probably. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Tell people a bit about you. You've got a massively interesting background, unique in many ways, um, and you've experienced a huge amount in a short period of time. Yeah. So you you left school at 18, like everyone else does. Yes. But your choice then was not to go down the the stereotypical route what what no. did you do yeah so um well I left sort of secondary school at 16 like everybody does um and I at the time I didn't feel academically strong um my GCs were really challenging for me um I passed the majority of them but it was still a huge challenge and I thought A levels would just be too much for me didn't believe in myself so I went to college and did a MVQ I think it was in travel and tourism um and yeah I didn't I sort of it was the financial recession 2008 and so I knew that sort of travel industry wasn't in a great place and I was like well what am I going to do um I was really keen to move away from home not because anything was bad about it but I just really wanted to go out and explore um I but I also wanted to challenge myself still um so my dad mentioned to me, oh, you know, the military sort of train you, uh, get your qualifications as well as getting paid. And at that time, I was like, winner, winner. And also of all the getting to live away and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, okay. So I went to the careers office and joined up. And um, yeah, 18, I started basic training and I've sort of served now for 12 years. So I sort of just joined just as a, a way of, developing and getting away from home and here I am still 12 years later so yeah it's quite a big decision to make because it's not well the way you describe it it's not something that you were immersed in necessarily growing up or seeing and so making that decision to switch from something that travel and tourism Mm. to being in the military is quite Mm. a big step yeah for sure um and I, don't, I suppose I didn't really give it too much thought. I was just so fixated on earning money, but also developing myself and finding an avenue to do that. And the military was was one of them, especially as at the time we were uh, in a recession and it wasn't just me who had probably similar thinking at the time. There was a massive uptake and people wanted to join the military. And also at that time, there was um, OPERIC, which was Afghanistan campaigns. Um, and again, maybe just a bit drawn to you know wanting to serve and uh, sort of do my bit and and things like that so all uh, led me to um, that place so suppose 
having just that inner fire just to sort of get away from a little town and village and just to go and explore the world and the military for me at that time was that avenue to do that. Did did anything about it scare you or worry you? Can you remember? Um, No, actually. I I think I I just was, uh, I think when you join, you sort of know that they're just going to take you on a path. You know, it's very sort of planned out for you. So you just sort of have to turn up and uh, do what they say and then you'll be okay. And I think that was just in my head, really, that, um, you know, I'll join and, um, and they'll take me wherever that career path will take me. And I kind of felt assured, you know, the military is a very, very well established institution and has been for hundreds of years. And um, so sort of just sort of base, uh, sort of felt safe, in, you know, to sort of go away and that they would in a way sort of look after me and, uh, you know, so yeah. Uh, um, so maybe that's naivety at that age, but, uh, it, you know, it all turned out well, so... <laughs> You've been to Afghanistan. You've done tours. Yes, I did two uh, op tours of uh, Herrick 19 and the back end of uh, Herrick 20. So, yeah, it was uh, I deployed on my 22nd birthday, um, on my first one. And then I came back and I had um, sort of, I think it was, I can't remember the specifics, but um, six, seven months. And then I went back out again for uh, another tour. So, um, yeah, that was... Uh, very very unique um, but something that in a weird way I, I really enjoyed so um, and I learned lots and in many ways it set me up um, you know uh, so yeah it was a relatively a, a positive experience but I like to add on that that my jobs were headquarter based so my first tour was in Cap um, Bastion which probably many people have heard of um, and so that was a very, you know, the, the camp was the size of Reading. It was multinational um, and relative to being in Afghanistan, it was one of the, one of the safest places to be. Um, and then my second tour, I was in Kabul and I did, again, I was headquarter based. I did a, I did go outside, they, they call it the wire, meaning the secure camp uh, on road moves. And I used to fly around different locations um, in Afghanistan, but I was never... I was never uh, what you would sort of call frontline, what you maybe saw in a lost camp in Afghanistan where they're in the fobs and out fighting the enemy. I never did that. So again, you know, my experience is very uh, unique. Everyone has a unique experience um, of their time in Afghanistan. So please don't face what I'm saying, what everyone would have experienced. That was just my personal experience. But you were still presumably trained to be able to be on the front line should that have come up yes there was extensive training so you do what you call a pre-deployed pre-deployment training um and that covers all bases and beyond so you you know very much in a position where you felt um, fully trained to do your job but also go above and beyond so yes if there was a, um, a chance of coming across the enemy you would be able to defend yourself and do everything necessary in that moment so um yeah of course there's always uh, that possibility which we're always trained for um didn't didn't occur in my case um and so so yeah I um yeah it was it was unique but I suppose it's 
when you do so much training and you do training above what was actually expected of me and any of my deployments, you, you kind of just think, yeah, it was fine. And everyone else is like, well, oh, you're in Afghanistan. But I suppose that's what you get from, you know, doing lots of arduous training to build you up for um, sort of unique circumstances. And a lot of the times, so and I can actually... I think it's the same in a degree. I don't know about yourself, but you feel like your training is so much harder than the real thing, the real job, or, or different, and um, and that and that you set yourself up um, for you know the workplace by actually doing above and beyond what's ever necessary. And I think a lot of people can relate that to even if they've done a course or um, done a degree or whatever it may be. I find I think a lot of people would agree the training is usually harder than the actual job itself and that's what um I felt uh my training in the army to go on, on operations that's precisely what it was um, the training was actually harder than the job that I did out there so and a lot of mental and physical training in that respect it's not a case yes. of just rocking up with Absolutely. This was years in the making. And then also they 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 build your stress resilience um, in very unique ways and actually fun ways. So um, part of the reason why, if you know someone in the military, they might have told you a story where they've gone off skiing for weeks on end um, or they've gone and done some hill walking all in work time. You think, oh, my God, like um, that's amazing. And it is amazing and it's a, a great perk. But also the reason why they heavily invest in that for numerous reasons and, and um, a couple of the reasons are what they do is they put you in what I can you know challenging situations in a fun way so learning how to ski going hill walking in Scotland parachuting and in their moments where it's very controlled and most people perceive as fun you're actually learning how to control your stress you're, you're controlling having adrenaline in your system being really unsure feeling unsafe and you have us, you have people around you in their moments, your instructors um, guiding you through that. And you've also got more experienced people and you're feeding off them. And, and in their moments of essentially adventurous training, you're actually building yourself up for potential operations. Because if you can handle yourself in moments when you want jumping out of plane, and trust me, that was far more terrifying than anything I ever felt in Afghanistan, then if the occasion does arise uh, arise when you're on operations be whatever that is then you you know how to control your fears and the more you do that the better you become at it um and so I did things like that before I joined you do lots of arduous sort of challenges which are essentially fun or you've volunteered for it so uh, I did another one where I did 40 miles or 40 pounds on my back with a, a, a team of girls and um, it was, I volunteered for it. It was really, really challenging. And I really, I was very young and it's the most I've ever tested my my body. And um, and again, you, you realise you, you, how much, what you're capable of, um, really, because it wasn't, I never thought, you know, told my young self I'd be able to do that. And you realise you have so much more to give in them sort of situations. And again, that carries you through life, be that if in Afghanistan or just in the gym training in my local town. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, they're very good at training people up and building that stress tolerance. Um, so when you do go into environments that are maybe super stressful, like an operation, then you've got the skill set to do that and the experience and also to lead in their moments as well. 
what I was talking to someone about earlier this week, he's worked a lot with military veterans. Mm. And we were talking about different populations and you won't be surprised, it was around mentoring. Mm. Yeah. But how in some populations, people's reason for doing it may be for status or for a desire to give back or Mm. all those different motivations that can come into it but within the veteran community he said it will nearly all the time be because people want to look after the well-being um, of the population coming through yeah and the thing that I've always got from I think I told you my dad was in the RAF my father-in-law was in the RAF different to the army appreciate but a sense of community and a sense of shared understanding and pulling your weight as part of a team absolutely and you all bounce off one another so one of the things that you do when you're in training is uh you uh, go into essentially you go into the woods and you and you practice like combat and you you can dig sort of holes to sleep in and you do lots of defensive stuff so it's really the nitty-gritty of army training and what you'll find and you you don't you barely sleep, um, you don't shower, um, you don't have a hot meal, and so you're usually cold, wet, and hungry throughout the whole duration. Um, and everyone has their highs and lows, and what you'll notice in a, in a group is one person will be having a low, and another person's having the up, and everyone, that person will uh, sort of try and bring the team up um, in a way when someone else is feeling a bit down or make that person a brew or uh, something like that. Um and then that person, you know, was sort of got a low and that person was having a low goes on a high and everyone kind of just bounces with one another. Um, and it's kind of that camaraderie that you do all around. And then you find as you get more experience in them environments, you become a leader. And then it's really important to be that person always in the middle. Um, and, and then again, you know, you're the person having to bring your team up to the middle uh, and keep everyone balanced and motivated. Um, so again it's um them points in the military which um really put you under that sort of controlled stress of you know long periods of time being cold and hungry but you just keep going and you realize actually what you're made of um and and what other people are made of because these are just ordinary people from all walks of life all genders religions backgrounds um and we all got, and in their moments, we've all got a common cause being that um, just getting whatever's in front of us uh, accomplished. And uh, you all work, uh, work towards that and uh, and you all thrive with each other in their moments to sort of get it complete. And um, it's really, I think, especially now, relative humans are having relatively a very good existence. Um, yeah, and you really... And I don't think if it wasn't for the military, I would have ever experienced pushing myself and seeing others push themselves to the limit and then actually finding, oh, I've got more in me. I've got a second wind, a third wind, a fourth wind, a fifth wind. And that's not just physically, but mentally as well. Um, and that's something that I very much remember in times where I'm feeling a bit tired mentally or physically and like and knowing that I have got more left to give. And I don't think I would have experienced that if it wasn't for the military. <laughs> Um, you know, because when I was in training, it was like, well, I don't want to go home. I have to pass. I want to be, you know, a full time soldier. So, I'm, you know, trust me, I had moments and my colleagues had moments where we we're just like, what are we doing with our lives? It's like pouring down a rain and we're sat in a hole 
and we've got days on end and we haven't slept and it's just what what am I doing with my life and everyone has that and then it and then it goes and it passes and and you push on before you know it you've accomplished x y and z um and I think again back back to when I go to my nice every day I go back to my flat with a warm shower and that I remember the moments when I feel like a hard day you know <laughs> like people are capable of more than they think and I uh, and I think a lot of especially the young generation now perhaps are not always getting the opportunity to push themselves and find out where their limits are because they're usually a lot more further than they think they are um so that's something I'm quite passionate about and I'm hoping to use my platform to um uh, encourage people to find them limits in a controlled manner of course um and um and realize they are capable of more than they think and it's okay to have like moments like what am I doing in my life <laughs> and I'm feeling pretty bad but knowing that passes if you just keep pushing forward um and like I say I think people's limits are far greater than they perceive they are and it's only in moments sometimes you're forced to find them and the military makes you find them um but I think you can do that in all walks of life. I've found that even in physical training, uh, when I signed up for an Ironman outside of the military, and I found it in them moments as well. So don't, you don't have to join the army to experience this. I think um, going back to what you were saying there about the team and the working with other people has pros and cons associated with it. And this is from a layperson's perspective, mm, or a psychological yeah. perspective looking mm. in. The pros being actually you're behaving in a way that is far more natural to humans. We are meant to pull together, to lean on each other, to work together. We're not individuals in the sense that we are as individualistic as culture encourages us to be. That doesn't mean we're not unique and special. Yes. But then leaving the military, which I appreciate you haven't done, but when you're mm. looking at veterans who have perhaps been more directionless when they join mm. from, um, I mean, I can think of one person I know who left home at 16, joined the Navy. He hasn't spoken to his parents since then. And he had a, a really tough upbringing. Mm. But then you take someone out of that environment and suddenly you're in a culture that is individualistic and yeah doesn't necessarily pull together and work as one in the same way do yeah. you see that happening with people because I know that you you although you're in the military you have for example your partner isn't in the military yes. and so you see both sides of the coin yeah absolutely and I, I do think um many people struggle and that's why there's so many uh, charities so like ex-service people because it is a huge transition especially when you join at such a young age I mean at the time at 18 you feel or 16 you feel like you're an adult and you know everything and you really don't <laughs> and um, um and it and it can be challenging leaving um even when people have left and they really felt it was the right time for them they've still str- struggled in that transition but um I think what I've tried to do is um in my downtime is actually do a lot of things outside the military so I did my Ironman I do a, a lot of hobbies and I meet up with people outside the military and a lot of, and that has been quite deliberate over the years and I think that's just to sort of get the best of both worlds so like you say you get that you you see the teamwork and you get all the benefits of the military but then also you're creating a bit of identity outside of your job and I think that's important for everyone because we spend so much time at work um and it so much makes up so much part of our day and I think 
um, having uh, friends and hobbies and interests outside of work is actually really good for us. And I think especially if um, I'm hugely a big believer in you should constantly be working something towards something that makes you feel really uncomfortable and challenging. And I think there's nothing wrong with maybe having a job which you find very easy and you don't really want to push yourself, but maybe outside of that, of your job, explore, you know, explore, you know, that's where, you know, seek a bit of stress, seek pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. That can be in anything that can be from knitting and, you know, setting up a little business and selling that knitwear or a physical challenge or anything it may be. And I think then you sort of can take the positives from everything that you're doing. So you see the positives of your workplace and the people within it take a bit of that and then your hobby take a bit of that and and for you know you can build yourself a sort of a person who's not individualistic but also part of a group so you kind of do you see what I mean um and then you come quite multifaceted in, in your character and you can adapt to lots of different situations um you know that you find yourself in which we know is is really beneficial to mental health and well-being. Yes, absolutely, yeah. And so I talk, and I've talked to you about this as well, in our passionate agreement on some yes. things, that there's the Luckner model of, basically it was built on physical activity and outdoor pursuits of the yes. comfort zone, the stretch zone and the injury zone. Yeah. And I personally believe as well, it's really important to move into your tr- stretch zone. Yes. One of the things I find that people sometimes struggle with is knowing what's a good stretch versus mm. a bad stretch. Yeah. And where that stretch zone ends and moves into the injury zone, which is negative, yeah. and yeah. where it doesn't. What are your thoughts on that? What have you seen in that respect? So I would I would say usually it's probably people not having moments of reflection and seeing where they are and I think it's 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 good that and everyone is this is different so you go and you stretch out it's really important that not staying there too long or lack of support when you're in that zone so I think it's finding making sure when you go in the stretch zone there's there's things around you that are supporting that so uh, the, the military is really good at um giving people uh, welfare because they know that if something's not correct in your family life for instance like how can they put you for instance in an operational environment where it's hugely stressful if things around them aren't going that well so they're in their stretch zone but lots of things are you know distracting them when they're in there and they know they can't a soldier can't maintain well not some may but a lot couldn't maintain being in that zone so that's one thing like support and also good mentors and around there um also good Good nutrition is a massive thing. Um, and also if you're in a stretch zone, doing something mentally, making sure you get physical exercise and first place and vice versa. And yeah, so there's there's that. So it's keeping keeping, I think, sort of yourself your well-being and everyone around you's well-being like good when you're in that zone. And then also periods of rest, you don't want to be in there too long. But you find that the more you go in that zone, the longer you can sustain being in that zone because you get used to it and you get a toolkit to know you know, okay, if I do this, that, and this, and that might be a meditation, um, a walk, you know, to reset yourself when you're in that zone, you can find that you can, yeah, withstand a lot more. And that's sort of, if you think about a point of resilience, a set point, um, that keeps going up the more you go in that zone. 
Um, uh, so that's what my my advice would be. And also just don't be afraid to get there and stay there because sometimes it doesn't take a lot to get yourself out there and resting, you know, just a day at home with your feet up or something like that. And you quickly recover. You know, people are so afraid of being burnt out and that. But a lot of the time, it won't take much to um, recharge the batteries, so we say, both mentally and physically. Um, so, yeah, don't be afraid of exploring where that is, quite say. It's usually a lot. <laughs> you can sustain a lot more than you think. Um, I, th- I think that's a great answer. And I mean, one thing I would add to that is looking at whether what you're doing aligns with your values or not. Because I think if someone's in a job, say they're in, say they're in banking Mm. and actually banking does not align with their values, but they think it's the right thing to do because it's a well-paid job. Um, But that, that puts them in greater danger of burnout than if they were in a job where they were working even harder but it aligned more with their values because then it's working towards something that makes sense to them, that matters to them. A hundred percent. And that's why I'm a huge fan of people exploring that zone within their hobbies because it fits with their values and their interests. And what you'll find is that you like, for for instance, um, I went on um, challenge Sophie. She has this uh, cycling event where you cycle to Paris in 24 hours and there is something about when I went to work um, after returning from doing that, where you just you find you're just more resilient in the workplace because you've really gone and pushed yourself to a zone in your own time, doing something that fits with your values and your interests, and you you build that resilience. Like say, I think so many people fixate they've got to do this within their work profession, but I th- I massively believe if you do it in, in a hobby of yours, before you know it, that kind of is developing you. Um, within your your work persona and then you also might get the confidence because uh, you're doing all this amazing stuff outside oh actually I could go for a different job or I can pivot or maybe I can go and get a promotion elsewhere or stay or apply for a promotion in my job that I'm currently doing um so yeah that's what I was highly say if someone feels that like I don't want to do it within my profession then um you know perhaps find a way of doing it in something that grabs your interests um outside like I say it doesn't have to mine happens to be physical fitness but it could be anything cooking baking um yeah book club you know anything I think it's um spot on I think it's so true and the thing that it becomes a virtuous circle as opposed to a vicious cycle Mm. and you see people I've seen people a lot over the years who are in jobs that are not right for them and what that tends to do is undermine self-esteem, 100%. undermine self-efficacy, feelings mm. of self-worth. So it's difficult then to see that it's the environment and the job that's not right. You start yeah. thinking it's you that's not right, yeah, which becomes really negative to other aspects of your life. So if you can do what you're suggesting, yeah. even if you're in that position, yeah. is take a bit more time to do the things that really give you emotional energy because you enjoy them outside it starts to build up that confidence again Mm -hmm. and it enables you to get that sense of perspective to be able to say "Mm, maybe it's not me maybe it is the environment and also that sense of self-efficacy and confidence which says I can do something about this 100% and I think as well what I'll add to that is sometimes when we come back from a if something in our life is making us feel very tired and fatigued and we feel that we don't have the time and energy to maybe 
do what we're recommending is I would I would say that you know try and put push push past that voice in your head saying I haven't got time and energy and even if it and and just do it anyway and you'll find that when you just 15 minutes of doing that um will go you'll get into it and then you'll do it and then you'll feel really good and even though in that moment you felt really tired you'll feel energized because you've done something that you've enjoyed and then you'll even feel again your self-esteem will be so much higher because you're like I didn't feel that I could I don't know for instance post um post on my Instagram about my um my knitting business and I felt really tired but I did it and um and now you you know I feel really good and oh, actually I, I am capable more and then maybe someone clicked on your website link and oh my god you know it's working and again that just builds that self-esteem and um and then when you go into work I feel that really does translate over and you're going to work with better self-esteem and it, it's sort of um it's just catching yourself in the moments when you spiral down um and sort of trying to get that spiral back up or um and, and keeping you keeping yourself balanced because you know I am actually someone who can spiral quite easily uh, in my head and my thoughts and I've over the years got my mechanisms to keep me keep me balanced and one of them is doing um challenging things um outside of work sometimes that coincides um and for me that's physical fitness but like I say find whatever yours is um and I find that just really keeps me balanced so yeah and it's remembering them isn't it I think yeah even as a psychologist like supposedly I should be like the most high functioning person in the world which I clearly am not <laughs> but I have a lot of uh techniques and approaches that do work but you tend to forget when you're yeah. under pressure and so it's almost just cataloging them or telling someone you care about to remind you when you're under pressure that that's what you should be doing yeah, and again, that's that support network when you're in these these zones um, to to people to uh, to also catch you and, and support you in um, in, in their moments. Um, but also another thing, what I'll, what I'll say is, I think that's so lost that I actually I am very guilty of is we love reading stuff online, all these tips and what we should be doing, and it sounds great. And in the moment, we get like a a dopamine hits we feel really good like yes I'm going to do that tomorrow but we never put it in action and there's so and I think you know these days it's so easy to swipe through social media TikTok say things we like but do we actually ever do what is recommended so I'd say when you listen to podcasts or you read books just remember to action and again I think the best way to action what they're saying is doing it outside of a an environment for instance your job where a lot's on the line you know your job reputation you, you know you don't want to lose your job do it in something um outside because if you muck up or you, it doesn't go quite to plan when you're trying out these new things it doesn't really matter no, no one needs to know it's not going to affect your job and your income etc etc so yeah just uh, i'm massive on action because i think we talk a lot these days and like you said sometimes you you have to remember to catch yourself but the more you do this stuff the more it will come habitual um so um but yeah we have to action 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 and to sort of get things become natural um, and you and building them tolerances or them skills. I think that's another piece of great, uh, great advice. And mm-hmm. I'm keen before we run out of time to talk about some of the topics that you're passionate about. So I've got some here. Um, the fallacy of happily ever afters. Say no to chocolate. There is no pleasure without pain. Yeah. Take a leap of faith. 
faith when feeling limbic friction. Mm. And to put a bit of context around that, mm. there's a lot of thought behind these things. You've reflected, you've yeah. considered. Tell us a bit about where it's come from and coming from for you. Yeah, so I'm someone who likes to reflect a lot on the past, which can be a negative, but I try and use it as a positive of thinking, why did things go right and why did things go wrong Um, in any scenario and know the reasons why that's happened. And I like to read a lot um, and listen to a lot of podcasts to find out the science behind it. I'm someone who gets a credit amount of comfort from science. It usually explains a lot and also makes you feel not alone because you realise it's just the human nature. So um, just a quick side note, I highly recommend um, Andrew Andrew Huberman. Um, He's one of few people I listen to and he's phenomenal doing that. So just if people go and check them out. Um, So, um, yeah, just quickly. So the fallacy of Kappa ever asked is I think as a a woman and someone who's grown up watching Disney films um, is that, you know, as much as I love Disney, um, yeah, as you can see, um, real life princes and princesses are not always happy <laughs> as we've seen um, and uh, over the course of history and quite apparent today. Um, and I think that's because it's impossible to be happy all the time. I think um, actually what makes us happy is pursuing something meaningful um, and actually, and also that I realised, uh, sorry, I researched recently um, that basically there's no pleasure about pain. So I highly recommend a book called Dopamine Nation, Finding Balance in the Age of Indulgence by Dr. Anna Lempfi. And I'll let you read the book for all the scientific sort of information, but what she's saying is um, pleasure and pain are like a seesaw and they're in the same part of the brain. And every time you do something pleasurable, the seesaw goes up, but then what must go up must come down. And so it's really important to um, realize that. So basically you're never gonna be always happy and trying to keep yourself balanced as much as possible. And that, yeah, there's always something to work on as well. So there's never a happy ever after. There's never, once I get my partner, my house, my kids or whatever it is you're aspiring for, you're not just gonna be happy. Um, It's a constant journey. and you know you take your mind everywhere with you so learning how to have your toolkits to deal with yourself and your personality is really important so that's uh that's and that also goes into the say no to chocolate there's no there's no pleasure out pain um i think again as a woman who uh, used to eat a lot of chocolate um that's one thing to realize you know that in moments where we may be craving it it's just because we want to numb ourselves of a discomfort feeling and actually, we make it worse when we go to the chocolate. <laughs> um, so, and what else did, was it that you? Oh, I mean, there were lots of things I, I yeah. want to hear about. And I think overall, it's. I mean, there's, let's let's jump to another one, which I know we've talked about before. Mm. There mm. is nothing more dangerous than a bored woman. Yeah, and I say this in tongue in cheek, and I'm also saying this from personal experience. Um, that you know, I'm. I know that I. Uh, I'm highly neurotic. I actually did a, a, a personality test and I read your book as well and I realised... Well, I hope my book didn't tell you you're neurotic. I wouldn't <laughs> use that word, Hannah. <laughs> oh, OK. But, uh, yeah, but I sort of can be quite anxious and uh, and, and stuff like that. And 
and I realised that at the moment it's very emphasised. Um, if I'm not got anything meaningful to think about, you know, I might create stories and just not be easy to get on with. But in moments when I'm really busy and I've got something meaningful in my life or a meaningful challenge, it really sort of focuses me. And you find the white noise of life just goes, and you don't get upset with the little things. Um, so, and, I'm, and I've also noticed that that's in other people and. Obviously, I'm a woman, so probably I've noticed it more in women. You know, I'm sure men can be the same, but I say it from a, a woman's perspective. Um, so um, that's that's where it comes from. And I just think that people are happiest when, not necessarily when they're just happy all the time and they're on a beach with a cocktail, but actually they're pursuing something quite challenging but meaningful. And so, like I say, I'm a big believer that everyone should find what that is. It doesn't have to, it have to be their careers or, you know, just anything Um um, and I think people are a lot happier and it keeps you on a uh, on a good path and doing daily habits that are good for you instead of maybe negative so and as Viktor Frankl famously said it's um observed when he was in concentration camps that mm. it was the people who had sense of meaning and purpose who were more likely to survive yes yeah and that's you know that's quite a stark piece of evidence mm-hmm. and then on, on top of that someone who more recently studied that a lot is Todd Kashtan who yeah. has been on the podcast he's wonderful and he talks about meaning in life and has done a lot of research on the impact it has on well-being mm-hmm. but it can be it can be hard to find what that meaning is and what that purpose is and I think the approach that you're suggesting taking is brilliant because it's curious it's yeah. a journey it's not yeah. a destination. As absolutely and I think um one thing I'm quite an open person which is definitely well because I've always just thrown myself into things or volunteered or like I went outside the military I went traveling in Australia and you just try lots of different things and I always try and and it didn't really matter if I didn't have anyone to do it with or there wasn't other women to do it with I just sort of did it and I think that's and then in them moments you find what you like and what you dislike so for instance I can tell you very much so that I don't like jumping out of planes <laughs> I did a parachute I did not like that I did not pursue that <laughs> but then there's other <laughs> things I found out that I love like weightlifting um and things like that but you have to try these things but not just like try them once I mean yeah, parachute I just tried once but maybe if I, I actually do say that but I think if I kept doing it I might come to enjoy it because sometimes we don't I used to hate weightlifting I used to hate the gym I actually used to take the mickey out of weightlifters and ironically I've turned into one so um so sometimes it's also just um even if something doesn't feel great at first like keep doing it and you might I think that's interesting because you're showing an open-mindedness as well mm-hmm. because you're you're not staying too fixated on an opinion that you've had no yeah Um, about yourself and about other people yeah I think that's really really important because I think sometimes we try things and they feel really really uncomfortable and then we're like oh it's not for us it's like no no no, it might be for you you just need to keep keep going um and again I I won't go into the nitty-gritty of it but um if you listen to Andrew Huberman he will actually explain that um, and I'll let people go and do that research because he and I'll put that in the show notes as well yeah um, because he explains all of that and it's basically that your neural pathway has to um, create new pathways and it's really uncomfortable to do that and your body wants to stay in home status it doesn't want to change so even if something, something positive what is also why when you when people are addicted even though they know it's really good for them to stop alcoholism you know I know it's very complex but a part of that is because 
you know, your body doesn't want to change, even if it's changing for the good. Um, so um, again, it's, uh, yeah, just keep trying these things. And um, like I say, I think if I, I did parachuting enough, even though I, you know, I didn't like it, I think if I kept doing it enough, I know that eventually I probably would like it. <laughs> um, it's just like choosing not to <laughs> keep suing that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so. I, think I, there's a, I mean, there's definitely a level of curiosity that's required because mm. it's, it's a very nuanced fine line between keep trying and it really isn't right for us yeah and or keep trying and knowing when actually we're going to sort of jump over that bit that says this is uncomfortable to this is enjoyable yeah, yeah. and I think it's researching like knowing why you're doing what you're doing so so for instance if it's like a, a health change I think it's up to, it's up to individuals to to research why it's good for them not just a, a quick conversation with a gp but really know it because in their moments where you're like eating your broccoli you're like oh, what am i doing with my life you know why you're doing it because maybe it's having this positive effect but really understanding it and feeling um you know why it is that you're doing it um and i think that will um sort of make you push past uh, that discomfort and i think a perfect example leading to the military with that is you know the absolutely phenomenal people who lived through the world wars who were in the trenches or in you know in the various uncomfortable environments they really believed in what they were doing both sides and therefore they were able to stick past discomfort and keep pushing forward literally into gunfire um and the rest of it so um i think that's a perfect example of when really people believe in something what they'll do um both positive and negative as as we know so again uh, you know bring it back to a more somber point if it's eating broccoli <laughs> really understand why it is you know that you're doing uh, why you're and doing I also, also think the thing that you've referred to earlier and I think is so important and it comes back to our individualistic the way we're encouraged to be quite individualistic but in reality we need other people we need to depend on other people yes. and we need to allow other people to help us understand ourselves Absolutely. That bird's eye view, isn't it? And I think that's why therapy has been um, is becoming more popular because it gives people that um, access to someone to give them a bird's eye view in a, in a very um, objective way. Because sometimes it's really hard to um, be objective when we're feeling really subjective. Um, um, so, yeah, uh, you know, whatever it, it may be, being going into visiting re- religious leaders or therapy or a friend or anything I think just having someone to give you that bird's eye view is is really important and like you say um even if you were being open and maybe it's time to call it a day and that's not for you that someone can give you that advice and um and yeah just make sure that person that's giving you that advice you trust as well you know because not everybody's perfect for that role should we say <laughs> yeah 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 it's difficult isn't it knowing all these different things I think and social media makes it worse we have an expectation that there's one way or another way but when it comes to our minds our behavior mm-hmm. even our physical yeah. way of operating there's yeah. so many different nuances for sure and I think that's what I loved about your book mirror thinking was realizing how much others impact us both positively and negative and it's really important to make sure that if we know that someone's getting that bird's eye view and maybe because we can't always avoid being around maybe some people and some people good things are good at some things and bad at others and knowing when moments to distance yourself and not mirror people and that's you sometimes to 
to, to mirror people. And one thing, just to throw back at you a little bit, that I, I read something the other day that's saying the age of social media where we can be led astray, that it's actually, instead of putting the emphasis so much on social media platforms, actually putting the emphasis to put people in the right direction within our communities and ourselves. I was wondering what you were thinking about that, that actually maybe to solve this really complex problem of the internet and what's on there is actually empowering people to, um, yeah, sort of guide our friends and family and ourselves in the right way and bringing that sort of emphasis back onto people in small communities. I was wondering what you thought about. Yeah, well, obviously I've got an app that does that really yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, in all seriousness, I totally agree. I think it's about leaning back into where we thrive naturally, which is the sort of environment. It doesn't mean everyone has to run with a burger on the back through um, yeah. pouring rain and not have any sleep. Yes. But I think it is really important that we realise it's okay to depend on other people and to be interconnected with other people. It doesn't mean we lose our individuality mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean we're weak. It actually mm-hmm. makes us far stronger, far far more fulfilled. Mm-hmm. But it, it is a complex environment, even offline, trying to read and understand Absolutely. and navigate people. What I personally love about it is was there's two things. One is the fact that it's ever evolving and it's so interesting being a human around other humans and trying to Absolutely. understand ourselves and them and how we interact and what that means. Obviously, I'm going to say that because that's my job. Yeah. Um, but the other thing coming back to you is this continual personal development. And I think it can sound like something that's really daunting because you're like, oh, mm, you know, absolutely. I'm never going to get there. Absolutely. Or it can f- sound like something and be something that's immensely fulfilling because yeah. if you approach it in the way you do, which is exploring, being curious, mm. um, trying things out, pushing your boundaries, testing things, coming back again, knowing when things are, sometimes things do go wrong and having that level of self-awareness that you have where you can say, yeah, I do spiral. And mm. being open about that also obviously allows other people, gives people permission to an extent to be able to help you. Yes. Um, and I think that whole message that you're giving and the way that you're giving it is fantastic. And you know that I want to continue. This yeah. isn't, I mean, outside of this podcast, yeah. this is yeah, this yeah. is the continual relationship. Yeah. But I think you've got so much to give and so much to communicate which is immensely helpful and so I'm really excited to see where it goes yeah and I really I was th- I've been thinking recently how I would love to work with um sort of more the younger generation and children and especially from underprivileged backgrounds and sort of give them the support and opportunities that I've had to have this uh, you know to explore and be curious and 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 also just to get away from the white noise because one of my most fondest memories is when I was in uh, I went in a hill walking package through the military in Scotland and it was a map and compass and it was just some soggy sandwiches in my backpack and we just went off the beaten track and no phone signal nothing and it is the most therapeutic thing whatever do <laughs> and it was you know at times I was cold wet and hungry but it was just something and just and, I, and I've said to you before actually one of the things when I was deployed uh, on operations is 
you know, I had what I called my house in order before I went. So all my affairs were taken care of. And I went out there and you don't have your phone, you have limited access to the internet and you have limited access to a phone. And it gives you this clarity and in your head and every day you're, you're not drinking alcohol, you know, you're having your three square meals. Again, this is my personal experience. Um, and you're exercising every day. And, you know, I worked seven days a week, for five months on end. And I was able to maintain that and maintain that with a lot of clarity. I did get a bit mentally fatigued towards the end, but nothing serious. And it just goes to show when sometimes we have these things in place, that how much we can keep going when we take away distractions and we look after our body. Um, and it can actually, even though, you know, you're saying to someone now work five, seven days a week, five months, I'm like, what? But we, we could do that. And a lot of that is also being incredibly physically fit before we went out because even though my job wasn't physical I think that physical fitness allowed that allowed that um that energy came through um so yeah um so that's what I'd love to sort of where I'm going with this is give that to young people make them sort of see that sometimes just putting your phone down and get get, it's very cliche and getting out of nature and sort of even if it is being a bit cold like how therapeutic it can be doesn't have to be a spa weekend you know and I think it isn't cliche because I think you put it within the context of what it means it's not just a go and take a walk or put your phone down you're saying it with an explanation of why that's helpful and the context of why that's helpful which I think is the difference between it being as um one of my guests once said something you'd see posted on a cushion and put Mm -hmm. on Instagram as something that actually means something Mm -hmm. I I'm hoping that we'll have another podcast conversation at some point. I know people are going to be really happy um, to hear this interview. We're going to put all your social handles in the notes. If people want to speak to Hannah, um, I'm assuming they can reach out or you can do it through me. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Reach out. And there's also you, although you're in the military, you're still available for doing things like speaking and um communicating these messages with so if there are uh, business people for example listening and they wanted to bring you in absolutely or even you know individuals just reach out um just you know i'm always happy to um talk to people um from all walks of life um and you know have a chat you know no strings attached just to um, i just want to help people in sort of share the experiences I had and you know like I said to you my platform I'm trying to do is just talking to my younger self and knowing that you know I'm not special everything you know I feel like if I could chat to my younger self then maybe that would help other people you know because I don't feel my ups and downs are are unique and my toolkits are unique to deal with that and so I, I therefore hope yeah it can help um other people and give them confidence um especially women because uh what I'll say is what I found is women can be sometimes a bit more anxious to um, go forward to to hard challenges. It's in our genetic makeup that makes us amazing mothers. So it's not a critique. It's, it's just one of the things that's great in certain situations and and bad in others, like maybe we're less open to putting ourselves in unique circumstances. Um, You know, if we don't, yeah, if we don't feel there's other people around us that are doing it. And um, so, yeah, reach out and I can give my experiences of overcoming that because it hasn't always been easy to track myself into situations. Um, and, and yeah. And I will add, and I don't mean to embarrass you, but <laughs> Hannah's very attractive as well. And I think that's <laughs> quite an interesting one for 
being in such a masculine and high threat environment. Yeah. And again, that's that thing where I'm happy to jump into my uniform and scrape my hair back. And essentially I could, you know, if you see me full fledged um, exercise uniform with cam cream on, hair back, everything on, I could easily be a boy. But that's where I that's that's fine. So that's, you know, I fit into the team there. I'm just I'm there to do a job. And that and that's where you can, what I'm saying, you know, the person you can be outside of work. So me, whereas I, you know, I'm, I wear heels, I have my hair down, I like my girly stuff. And you can be lots of different people. And I don't think it's a bad thing that I have my military head and then also my different different ways I, I sort express of yourself. express myself in certain different situations in the military. So when I'm a ski instructor versus when I'm out in the field doing training versus in the office day to day. Um, and again, outside of work, you know, you can enjoy um, being, you know, no makeup out in the open, you know, hair everywhere. And actually also enjoy going to the beauticians and putting your heels on, you know, uh, you don't have to be fixated as a particular type of person. You can put lots of faces on and the more that you open yourself up to lots of different experiences and then, you know, you learn how to adapt. It's not being fake. It's just you can be different people just like you're a psychologist you're a mum you're a wife you etc etc a tennis player etc etc so um, yeah I think that's fantastic and I love I love your messages um I'm gonna pull out some of them and mm. play them back to you as well to sort yeah. of highlight <laughs> your wisdom yeah and I think the thing that is just beautiful is talking to your younger self and yeah. I think thinking of that as a way of conveying information is something that is really helpful for a lot of people to think about actually yeah I think I think yeah it is massively helpful because then you can you can then look back in the past and instead of feeling you know like a victim and you might have you might have been a victim some people are um by sort of processing that and thinking what could I have done different to maybe change the outcome or make things up bit better and it's not blaming yourself it's just like moving forward if this happens again I know now that that direction of what happened could be very different and that's very empowering that's not victim blaming or blaming yourself that's just oh okay if this if something like this happens again both positive uh, you know if it was positive you go oh I know I need to go with that if it wasn't so great you you know oh okay I'll, I'll change it and that's part of growing and the only way that we can move forward and become better is doing putting ourselves in challenging situations, going with it, reflecting on it, resting and repeat. <laughs> um, and I think there's, there's just using another wording that you've used is that you have a challenging but empathic message. And I think that's important when thinking back to our younger selves as well, is being empathic to that younger version who maybe did get things wrong yeah. and giving ourselves that reassurance that perhaps our younger self didn't get from other people at that time and it provides that opportunity to do that which Mm. I'm learning at the moment through more recent research is so immensely powerful so it all fits together now I could keep talking to you all day but I know that you're in the military and we've already gone over by five minutes and that's oh, a bad no. thing no, I have to be five minutes before in the military <laughs> <laughs> and so I I'm going to say thank you so much thank um I, as I said all of your information is going to be in the show notes for people that want to get in contact with you and I'll get I'll make sure I've got the names of those uh two people that you yeah. referred to and I'll put yes. that in the show notes yeah as well. I highly recommend and um yeah 
you learn a lot if you take the time and they, they put things very beautifully and they're very well educated so I'd say yeah you'll, you'll be put on the right path following them let's, let's put it that way amazing well you know I'm all for evidence-based science yes. stuff so um as I said, I could carry on talking. I'm going to stop yes. because otherwise I'll keep eking it out. Yeah. <laughs> and just say massive thank you, Hannah. Uh, thank you to you. Yeah. And I love your books. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thanks to my guests. Thanks to you for listening. If you want to find out more about me and my work, go to FionaMurden.com or my social media handle is also FionaMurden. If you enjoyed this, please do subscribe, review and tell your friends. It'd be a massive help. But for now, goodbye and I hope you have a great week.